welcome to the podcast of the European Young Chemist Network, EYCN. My name is Mark Calada and welcome to our new series. In this series, we interview the winners of the prestigious European Young Chemist Award 2020 to discuss with them their research and also ask them for advice for other young chemists. Today, we are talking about an easy and fast solution to measure possible water pollutants right at the source without the need of expensive experiments in a chemical laboratory. For this, our Dutch delegate Cohen van den Helder interviewed the gold medal winner at the PhD level, Dr. Owen Murray. Dr. Murray is the research and development manager within Tel Lab, an analytical chemistry and chemical manufacturing company based in Ireland. Owen received a bachelor degree in environmental science from the University of Limerick and a master's degree in analytical chemistry from the University of College Cork. Owen's PhD in analytical chemistry was industry-based and was affiliated with Dublin City University and the Australian Centre for Research on Separation Science, University of Tasmania. Owen received two scholarships for his PhD, which was focused on developing portable chromatography systems utilizing microfluidics and LED-based optical detection for the analysis of water pollutants such as nitrate and nitrite in natural and industrial waters. The portable analyzer developed during Owen's PhD has been successfully trialed in Europe and the US and is currently being commercialized. Owen is currently leading a team of chemists and engineers developing new portable analyzers and technologies for the on-site monitoring of a broad range of pollutants in environmental waters. Owen, thank you for being here and doing this interview with us. So as we heard in our introduction, you did a master in analytical chemistry at the University College in Cork. You did your PhD in Dublin. And so, so why, why did you go into chemistry and, and more particularly analytical chemistry anyway? Sure. So I've always had a passion for science and an affinity for biology and chemistry, uh, even at a young age. And my bachelor's degree was in environmental science and it was quite a broad program. Um, so I kind of got a, a flavor of a whole range of different areas, but the areas which I kind of had most interest in and enjoyed the most really was chemistry and, and specifically analytical chemistry. At the end of the program, then a lecturer who I admired a lot recommended that I uh, go for a, a master's in analytical chemistry in, in University College Cork, which is it was a nice program, good program. So I, I said I'd, I'd go for it. During that program, then as part of the, the master's, there was a an industry based research kind of period. So you we were working, were placed in, in an industry and you carried out a research thesis. For the masters and it was within the company that i'm working for at the moment and it was in around portable kind of test kits and in the area of, of water analyzers and things like that so that's kind of where the the work started following that then i am um, i was offered a an industry-based phd on the on, on the back end of that masters and again it was in the area of of water analysis and analytical systems uh, in that area so that's kind of where that's kind of how I fell in, into this area um, and I've been 
kind of working in the area since. Yeah, so you kind of rolled into analytical chemistry eventually. Yes, yeah, it was it was um it was an area which you know I kind of had a had an interest for and and yeah it drew me in really yeah. Okay, that's very cool. So so you already mentioned your industry PhD in which you developed a portable IC system. Could you tell me a bit about this system? Yeah, so the the analyzer it, it's designed to be a a portable analyzer to be to be used in various applications in in the water water sector. So the system is to be deployed on site or or in situ next to the water to be analyzed. So uh, in wastewater treatment facilities or surface waters such as rivers, industrial process waters, those type of applications. And the analyzer um, it generates concentration data specifically for nitrate and nitrite and it generates data for in, in real time and communicates this concentration information back to the user so essentially the, the user can make informed decisions uh, based based on that on that information how the how the analyzer operates it's as you said it's it's based on ion chromatography or ic so it's a it's a chromatography instrument and basically it's it's an analyzer which carries out a separation of charged pollutants or chemicals, in, in this case nitrate and nitrite, and uh, through a simple rapid separation it allows for the selective detection of, of nitrite and nitrate. So that's kind of a high level overview of, of what the analyzer is and, and how, it, how it works. So essentially you developed an on-site machine which can analyze nitrate compounds? In really short words, so yes. So why is this important? Why is there a need for this type of analysis? At present, the kind of gold standard for water monitoring is an individual would go to site and take a grab sample, or basically take a sample from the water source, bring it back to the lab, and generate the results. And you'd have the results in a couple of days. The issue with that is, say you take a sample on a Wednesday at 12 o'clock, uh, take the sample to the lab, analyze, get your results days later. At one o'clock on Wednesday, there could be a pollution event um, and you've essentially missed missed that pollution event. So um, you, you can see the issue. It, it's just simply not good enough for effective water quality management. So really to be able to control water pollution and, and achieve high levels of water quality, you need real-time information and concentration information over time and that's why there's a need for analyzers like this there is a handful of commercial analyzers that that can do this the issue is they're very very expensive and it basically inhibits the the, the use at, at mass scale so they can't be used they they're not really suitable for mass adoption at those price points in addition to that they're quite complex to manufacture so that's another issue so that's where a system like this comes in then the idea is that it's low cost, easy to mass manufacture, and also achieves high levels of uh, analytical performance as well. Okay, that's that's very nice. So so it measures then continuously. You can just place it in some in some spot and then leave it there for ages to analyze the nitrogen compounds. Yes, yeah, so several months at a, a frequency of six times per day, but it can it can achieve. An analysis every fifteen minutes, depending on depending on the application. And that's for good. So, and you don't need any sample pretreatment for this analysis. No, no, it's a it's a robust method. Literally, 
insert the sample intake into any water sample, basically any water sample, and that's it. It, it, it. Five minutes later, you have your concentrations and you can you can access the system and, and the information remotely via um, a web portal or an IoT platform. That's, I think, very cool. But you were mentioning s- uh, several other products available on the market. We'll also analyze nitrogen compounds. And what makes your your product more innovative and, and therefore cheaper than the other products? What makes them, what makes it better? than the other commercial available products. So the competitor products would a lot of them would be based on a on a on an approach called colorimetric colorimetry, basically colorimetric chemistry. It's um you use a, a range of various chemicals and reagents to it generates a reaction that forms a color. The intensity of the color then is proportional to the amount of the nitrate and nitrite in the sample. The systems they work reasonably well it, the issue is they're quite complex to to control the reaction. You need considerable levels of engineering to achieve robust analytical results over time. So besides the fact that the chemicals are, are hazardous hazardous as well. So um, that's one aspect to it. There's other systems then that use UV lamps and things like that. Again, they're expensive. They have issues with fouling and, and analytical drift over time. Where this Where our system is different, is it uses a a rapid separation approach so the the issues around fouling and things of that nature don't, they're not really as significant versus the versus the um the UV probes and then compared to the colorimetric analyzers we're we can we can achieve high levels of of selectivity and the the analytical calibration holds over time as well so it's it's more robust on on, on that side as well in addition, it's it's a basic and, and simple unit. So there's just a handful of pumps, some valves, and a small column, and a small detector. So it's there's only maybe five core components, and the colorimetric-based systems have um, a lot more fluidic control and requires a lot more engineering, really, to, to get it performing well. Yeah, it, it sounds there could go much more wrong in the other analysis. But actually you changed kind of the chemistry in, in which way you measure the, the nitrogen compounds. Why are you the first person to come up with this change of chemistry of, or why didn't other companies already did this? Yeah, so it's, it's um, portable ion chromatography systems have been developed in the past. And typically like the systems, they just used lab-based components and instrumentation to to try and bring bring those systems into the field and it didn't really work very well because it's of course high cost and high energy requirements and typical IC systems they use conductivity detection which is it's heavily impacted by by temperature variations which as you can imagine it's an issue when when you're in the field so what we did which is unique is it's it, it all comes from the the UV LED optical detector. So a couple of years ago, maybe two years ago, a deep UV LED, which has a, at a wavelength of 235 nanometers, but it's, it's a deep UV LED anyway, that, that came onto the market. And it, essentially what that allowed us to do was to selectively detect nitrite and nitrate. By developing that detector, we were able to use kind of 
simple uh, so a simple separation column which had low back pressures and then that allowed us to use simple pumping and and so the whole the whole system it's the simple nature of the system all stems from that uv detector and that's really where the novelty comes in and and we have a we have a patent in place around around that technology but it's it's all really enabled by that by that detector yeah so actually kind of lucky that this detector came on the market and that made it eventually that you managed to uh to make this nice machine, which is already used quite a lot, I saw. And many countries already use it. Why is it important to use it? Yeah, so in terms of the deployment, so we, we had, during the course of the PhD, we, we, we were involved in a, in a European-funded project through the, through it's called the LIFE program. But we, basically the project was these, these types of systems, uh, nutrients, pollutant analyzer systems, were to be used within various wastewater treatment facilities mainly, but other water applications as well. So this prototype version of the system was deployed in, in Spain, Finland, Ireland, of course, and, and um, other places as well. We had some systems in New Zealand, but they were the prototype versions of the system. And it was really many, I think we had 27 or 28 systems uh, at various sites. And it was, Kind of a, a, an early adopter demonstration of of the technology and and the analyzer and uh, we gained huge amounts of information uh, from that and from those deployments we're, we're in a position now where over the past year we've taken all the learnings from those deployments and the, the system is basically the commercial product is is made now and the commercial launch will be uh, mid mid february of, of next year so all of those deployments, they were they were prototype systems, but again, it was invaluable information prior to the commercial launch. Yeah, of course, that's very good. So, and I was actually wondering, in your presentation for for the EYCA, that's the as a prize you won for this project, you showed on a map that there were a lot of these prototypes deployed in Spain. Why is Spain so special to to analyze nitrogen compounds? Yeah, so so Spain were uh, there was a number of uh, Spanish organizations involved in that European project which we were in and Spain really they're, they're leaders in, in wastewater treatment technologies and, and innovations so they're, they're really heavily involved a lot of organizations are, are working in that space um, and that was so I think we had several organizations that were kind of scattered throughout Spain involved in the project and, and that's why there were so many so many units deployed across Spain we had also had some units in Finland, and we also we had a several two units in the U.S. in Massachusetts, and that was as that was part of the it was a competition organized by the the U.S. EPA called the Nitrogen Sensor Challenge, and we were we were finalists in that competition as well. So, yeah, it was it was quite quite a enjoyable time. Really, it was a lot of a lot of travel and a lot of um, a lot of deployments. Yeah, you made sure you had a lot of outreach with your project which is, I think, is really good in chemistry. And you did an uh, industry-based PhD, which is, of course, different than a PhD only in academia. In which way did you benefit from doing this industry PhD? Did this industry PhD uh, make you achieve things you couldn't achieve working only in academia? Yeah, I, I think there was there was definitely pros and cons. Some of the negatives, especially at the early stages anyway, was it was a bit... I felt a bit isolated at times, you know, especially 
at the beginning of the PhD, it was quite a small research team, and um, yeah, trying to figure out which direction to take things was was challenging. I felt, you know, I was kind of on my own. Uh, but then as things progressed, it was it started to come together nicely. I would say the benefits were mainly around the the kind of financial side of it uh, because I was an employee. I had I had a salary in combination with the scholarship, so that was really helpful. Um, in addition, then in relation to conferences and, and presentations and, and things of that nature the company was was very supportive so I, I mean I could I could go to whatever conference I wanted and, and, and present there was no restrictions there so that was that was really good and I think the most important aspect was the fact that it was so commercially driven and you know any development or what I was doing was all at the back of my mind was you know I'm trying to address a gap in the marketplace and you know trying to ultimately generate a commercial product so i found that really really interesting and and there was a big push on the commercial side not just research kind of for the sake of research so i I kind of it was exciting and and challenging as well but i I enjoyed that side of it for sure i see i see do you think it should happen more often that we that we do more phds combined with academia and industry um i think there's a place for it I, i think PhD and, and research in uh, academia definitely has a lot of a lot of benefits though as well. I mean the fact that you're in you're kind of you're surrounded by postdocs, many professors, high levels of um, expertise and and support. I think it's very beneficial as well. So I mean there's probably a place for for both, but it's it, potentially it's probably down to the individual as well. It's it can be it can be quite challenging. Depend, I suppose depending on the industry you're in as well. But at times it can be very challenging and kind of isolated when everyone else is. It's just a job for everyone else, and then you're trying to balance job with with your your PhD. It can be quite it can be quite tough. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. So look, looking back on your PhD, was there something you would have done different? Something that younger PhDs could take as a sort of advice? Well, I, I, I can't, I mean, I can't think of anything I, I would have done differently, really. No, I don't, I don't have anything on that one. I mean, I'm quite, quite happy with how it went. Um, some things didn't work out, but, and I mean, I wouldn't, probably wouldn't change anything. I don't think you had a good PhD, I think. And eventually your PhD led that you have a job at the company where you work together with, with your PhD. You're now head of research there. So from here on, what, what are your further goals in your career? Where do you want to end up in like 20 years or so? Yeah, so I, I suppose besides the um, besides the, the obvious kind of eagerness to publish and, and papers and patents and things like that, so that's always going to be there, I suppose. But in the short term, I'm, I'm working on project management, so PMP certification just for myself. I think it's helpful for managing various projects and you know down the road at a senior level i think it'll be beneficial in the kind of beyond that then so we're, we're commercializing this version of the system we also have iterations of this version in the pipeline and then beyond that we have other types of analyzer that we want to that we want to develop and commercialize so the goal there is to basically generate hopefully as, as many commercial products as possible and, and really 
fill the fill the market gap that that exists in for these types of, of systems um, and then down the road just to be a global leader in this area in the in, in the area of water quality and, and water monitoring that's that's my long-term goal anyway yeah so staying in industry yes i would say i would say for, for the next for the next number of years anyway i, I would think so yeah okay and then maybe once you go back to industry to publish more, or to, to academia to publish more. So to conclude our interview, do you have any advice for our younger chemists listening regarding their, their future in chemistry? I would say read and, and absorb as much as possible, um, not, not just from a chemistry side, but you know even when considering analytical chemistry, um, for example, it's, it's beneficial to have an understanding of of other areas, so even even a even a basic understanding, so engineering on the mechanical side, electronics, data processing, especially when considering analytical chemistry, it's a it's at times it's a cross between many different disciplines. So I think it's it's very beneficial to have a basic understanding of of different different areas, and I think that can that can uh, set you apart. Yeah, and in, in addition, then I suppose there's always more to learn there's always always more to to understand and and it's really important to always be curious and and wanting to know more and wanting to understand more so that's probably what i would would, would say so absorb a lot of information and learn as much as possible exactly never never be satisfied always be curious and, and wanting to know more i think that's what science is all about really okay well thank you very much for joining us for this interview and uh, it was a pleasure to meet you and a pleasure to interview you and, uh, and thank you for your nice words. Thank you, my pleasure. Hello, it's Mark here again. We hope you liked the second edition of our new series. Stay tuned for the other two winners and feel free to listen to the previous editions. Please, as always, leave your feedback by rating our podcast and if you have any questions or further remarks, you can also send us an email at podcast at eycn.eu. See you soon.